0: You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Corey Munson, coming to you live from Iowa, joined, as always, by Aaron Castro in Arizona and Liam Madigan-Fried in Houston. Josh Redlin is behind the scenes, hanging out in Colorado and moderating the comments section, so be sure to hit him up with questions, comments, and abuse throughout the show. So, guys, how's your week been?
1: It's only Monday. Jeez. Uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, I got of had to get some... A lift in before the show, you know, uh, in, uh, not serendipity, not in sympathy. I don't know what the word I'm trying to use is, but, uh, just so I can feel like a rugby player again, I guess, uh, you know, I I feel like, man, I'll tell you, don't break your collarbone and tear up your shoulder to anyone. That's what I got to say. Cause you know, I, I, one across three lifts last year before I broke my collarbone I was putting up over a thousand pounds uh, across squat deadlift and uh you know bench so yeah it's we're, we're getting there um oh you you want to talk about the weekend and all that stuff well there was some rugby on um some controversial rugby stuff there was some other rugby on. There was like, so I live near the Cubs stadium for spring training and gosh, traffic is a killer. Um, But yeah, um, it's, we're into a, I'm into a groove now um, when it comes to stuff. uh, And uh, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves.
2: Hell yeah, Meg. Good, good to hear that you're improving. Uh, My life is the same as it's been for the last couple of months now. I'm just living that behind the scenes rugby life um you know i actually got to watch rugby this weekend because we had the game on thursday so i wasn't working and that was that was pretty cool Uh, i got paid to watch rugby because i just had to record the games and then edit them up so that's always a plus uh right there i'm moving on up in the world getting paid to watch rugby
0: very nice it's something we all aspire to Mm -hmm. uh yeah our big exciting weekend was we uh my wife and I, house sat for a family member here in town and so we got to kind of check out how the other half lived. So that was a little nice. Nice to be out of the apartment for a few days. So. Yeah, did you get uh, to bring your dogs with you? We did. We got to bring them, and they enjoyed having a nice big yard to run around in. So it was a Ooh, lot of fun. Good doggos. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, I guess I'll uh, mention that for those of you new to the podcast, we do this every single Monday night here on YouTube, where we discuss news, rumors, and all things Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union. It's a chance for us to look at the issues, hear from the league, players, team leadership, and check in with our friends from across the U.S. rugby scene. With all that said, Aaron, what are we covering on the show this week?
1: Ah, uh, stuff. Lots of stuff. Uh, <laughs> Houston outlasts Utah at their final game at Constellation Field. Uh, NOLA does NOLA things. New York wins in, in dominating fashion. And, uh, man, I, I'll tell you, I screwed up here. Uh, you know, when it came to the rosters, I flipped my pick that I had in the script from last week and went with Glendale on Super Brew. It it knocked me down three spots from the selection for the U.S. But, uh, you know, like I said, um, 99th percentile on Superbrew. So you want to pick them expert? I am the person. Uh, But uh, some other fun topics uh, that we'll get into later on in the show as well.
0: Aaron Castro, ladies and gentlemen, always uh, uh, the the pillar, the epitome of humility. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
1: right? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So Houston, heck yeah, Houston actually wins a game. They, uh, they did. They managed to sneak past Utah in, in spite of Utah's best efforts, uh, winning 29-27. to 27. Uh, There's something to be said for matches between teams at the bottom of the rankings, at least in my opinion. Apparently, all Houston really needed to win a match was to uh, have a couple players suspended for a bit. Uh, they beat the Warriors 29-27, like I said, and they moved to 2-5 and five on, the series, on the season. So in honor of this momentous occasion, Liam... I'm giving you the uh, chance to start us off on this one. What did you see with the match?
2: Yeah, so adapt and overcome, man. That's all I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> it was a great win, but the guys are all on the same page that they aren't just looking for consolation wins. They just they're gonna want to keep this going. Uh, you know, it was a pretty even game on both fronts, surprisingly, uh, both defensively and uh, offensively. The Cats made up for the loss of Kalinisi and Viti by recycling the ball amongst their backs. Uh, one guy who really came up for the team was Kelly Kohlberg, uh from the Dallas Reds. Aaron, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that there's a lot of these guys who are buried over in club rugby who just kind of need the chance and they really can impress you know on the uh, on the next level. Kelly's one of those guys and he's been coming through every single week. Uh, he didn't quite light up the stat sheet, but hey you know sometimes you gotta do the the rough work that's in the trenches well,
1: now one guy kinda like guy like kelly Kohlberg, i I mean. The, he, I, honestly, he's a guy that should should have gotten a shot last year. I don't know his life situation, but when it comes to scouting, if you're in Texas, whether you're Austin, uh, Houston, or even New Orleans, like this is a guy that you know there was film on from you know D one club rugby that he he was someone that probably should have gotten a shot last year if his well, life think, situation didn't allow it. Eh.
2: Well, I think there's also a lot of guys that coaches just have in their back pocket. Uh, you know, like like they said, they kind of stashed just in just for a rainy day. And we, uh, you know, earlier in the season, we had a lot of issues with our uh, depth in the backs. And Kelly Kelly was one of the gu- those guys who came in to fill in uh, some of the blanks. And he's been, uh, you know, he's been coming through for us lately. And he's earned his way into a starting role on more than one occasion. Uh, and that's, you know, honestly, that's really good for him. And it says a lot about the talent pool that's available here in Texas uh, that just needs to be utilized correctly. Now, one guy who, uh, you know, is being utilized correctly, I, I believe, on the Sabercats team uh, was Alejandro Nieto. 16 tackles attempted, 16 tackles made. That's 100%. He also led the team in carries with 10 uh, and to go along with 82 total meters gained. Uh, this guy was all over the field, and he just kind of goes to show that the Uruguayan imports uh, who have come to Houston have, you know, they've, they've been serving the team well. Unfortunately, Santiago Arada, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't around for this game due to a foot injury, but Connor Murphy did well putting in an 80-minute game. Uh, you know, uh, there, if, you, if you notice, though, there was no Chris Saint on the back end of this roster. Uh, Kieran, Kieran Farmer, uh, according to most of my sources, was the de facto backup scrum half, although it was pretty, pretty planned ahead that Connor was going to be the one uh, starting the entire game. Uh, What shocked me, though, most of all, was that uh, when all was said and done, the Warriors controlled 62% of possession and put up a total of 1,248 meters, with Don Potty leading the way with 218. What's even crazier is that the closest two guys behind them were Gannon Moore and John Cullen, who had 123 and 116 meters gained, respectively. Imagine putting up that many meters and not leading the game, and you still lost. That's crazy. Um,
1: ask
2: the Glendale Raptors. They do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later in the show. Uh, Houston's big issue this year, though, and it contributed uh, a lot last night to how close the game was, is line breaks. They gave up seven to Utah. Uh, I didn't put down how much they've given up this year, but it's been a lot. Um, line, line breaks are just, are just those infuriating plays that they give up points or they give up a ton of territory. In, in just uh, the snap of a finger, just by one missed tackle or one uh, you know you know one slowdown in your defensive shift, and that's something that the SaberCats need to get more consistent on, and these games can get a lot closer if they do.
1: You look at this, and uh, you know I was just reviewing stats, and I was like, "What the heck?" I, you know, actually, the stats really tell the story uh, effectively because when you watch that game, you see Utah just. I will point out that I would I would say 200 at least probably about 200 250 of those meters that they made were garbage based on field position. Just not as in like they were trash. They you you have teams that can put up a lot of meters made because they're coming out of the backfield deep, you know, in their 22, and they just you know the the fullback or a wing will joke, go churn 20 meters where. Up where he's not even threatened uh, by a defender, uh, but uh, I mean, still, I would say about 900 good meters. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know, it's it is what it is. But this is what's really telling when you know it's they're they're putting up good meters. The amount of tackles the defense has to make, and the amount of passes the attack makes, and it it's kind of. Sad, because I wouldn't say it's sad, but normally a team that puts 200 passes out and over a 1,000 meters made, as long as they hold on to the ball, they're going to run over somebody. But uh, they they didn't. Uh, I would very much say that the Warriors and the Raptors had a very similar uh, effect upon themselves in the amount of meters they made and the amount of handliers they had. Uh, So... But, they look good without getting a
2: lot accomplished. I've been saying that about the Utah Warriors like all season. And Glendale seems to kind yeah. of have the same bug. But again, Utah, we'll talk about that.
1: Utah kind of did that last year, too. They, mm-hmm. they looked good, and they didn't do a whole lot. They did get to the playoffs last year, but they didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Utah didn't get to the playoffs last year. Uh, Yeah, they did.
0: I thought they took the fourth spot.
1: They did. did they? they lost yep. to the Raptors.
0: Wow, yeah, uh, it was uh, yeah, because yeah. Seattle, Seattle, Utah. Damn, all right, all right, New I go back
1: checked. Ask Josh, ask Josh, he was there with me. <laughs>
0: uh, take a drink, <laughs> it, it is true. I was there.
2: <laughs> Josh is like, I'm sick, don't make me talk. assholes.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, so, I
2: swore. Take a drink. One of the
1: things that, that you look at this, you look at Sam Windsor, uh, his stat line, and what he, he's just. He's just a guy. Uh, but without him, I, you get nothing out of this because he scored 19 points. Uh, you know, w- whether it was conversions or the. Yeah. He, he had a lot of penalty kicks. Uh, but that really shows uh, a, a lot about scrummaging platforms and what they can do in this league so far. There's really three pl- scrummaging platforms that are like this, the rest are the rest are well you have you have three that can basically destroy any scrum they come up against you have i would say two that can effectively deal with these three and then you have four that just get walked over. Uh, but Houston, San Diego, New York are the three that are just extremely dominant. And you saw that again in their game plan. I don't even know if it was their game plan, but it, it definitely shifted their game plan significantly. Cause every time they were, you know, within kicking distance for Windsor uh, and there was a knock on, By Utah, or even uh, themselves, because they they stole some of these things from Utah and just decimated them in in the scrum, uh, they would gain penalties, and and, you know, Sam would just kick, which is, you know, what, what they did, uh there's still a lot of issues on the attack, getting go, go forward ball and just creating momentum. Uh, Malachi Asdell, I thought had a really good game off the wing, especially on defense. Sometimes he is, I wouldn't say he's absent, but sometimes he's not a heavy contributor. Uh, you know, in a game where you make over 200 tackles, it's nice to see your wing get physical and earn double digit tackles, uh, and also be a factor, uh, on the attack. So, uh, but overall, I don't really know. Like, well, Utah, you lost, so you better learn something. But uh, if I'm if I'm the SaberCats, it's you gotta take. Yes, you won, but there's a lot to work on from this game.
2: Yeah, but the motivation is definitely there. You know, sometimes when you're just losing continuously, it starts to take a toll on morale. I really got to commend the guys for keeping their heads up, and you know actually getting this win and i really think it's going to go a long way in terms of people's, uh you know people on the teams and their motivations in terms of going into games so we'll see how it works out
0: well and i think uh related to that i think the fan experience especially now with the first winning another game winning a close game which is always good but then also moving into the new stadium shortly uh there's a lot there should be a lot of excitement going into uh kicking things off at the new place so Looking for good things out of Houston, I think for the rest of the season we may see may see him notch a couple more wins. That'd be great. All right, uh, second game of the weekend, we saw Nola, uh, the reigning reigning uh, top of the pile, have a real rough time uh, against Austin, squeaking out a win, thirty five to thirty one. Uh, I I kind of noted that Nola fans were probably chewing their fingernails and uh, praying the rosary uh, during this one. Uh, Austin. Show they could be explosive.
1: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Corey just like did every like Catholic trope stereotype for like someone for occasion down in uh <laughs> down in New Orleans. Geez, let's just uh let's let's insult our entire families. <laughs> <laughs> Uh but the rosary, I, I love that idea. Yeah. Uh that that's, the rosary. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I did I, Catholicism and Rosary. Let's do it. You know.
0: I, I didn't make any comments about voodoo dolls, so I guess it could have been worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: All uh, right. So Aaron, what did you see at this one?
1: Um so last year they sort of had a band going. This year they just have one guy with the horn. Um well the dude with the banjo from last year, you need to join the rowdy section and we need to have that like ragtime esque, uh, stuff going on. I really loved the, the, the I think French horn, maybe Trump. I don't know, but it, the, the noise, the homeboy generated, uh, on Saturday was really fun. And it really goes well with like the new Orleans culture. Uh, but, uh, man, this was, this was almost the upset of the season. I've been talking about uh, just process and consistency of selection along this line. and we've seen them be consistent in their play the last two weeks. But holy moly, this week, you know, in the last ten minutes, they were ahead. What? Like they're pissed off? Like they are pissed off that they lost this game? I, I know it, and I was I was just talked to you know so like some of the guys, and I was like you know. Rugby is a process. Everyone talks about how rugby is a process, so just take it as part of the process. Yes, you're 0-8. Got it. Don't care. Look at where you've been and look at where you are. So uh, one of the one of the first things as part of that process is, uh, you know, Austin seems to have sorted their scrum. Uh, LaRome White uh, made first 15 in the week. This is his first start in Major League Rugby. He was on Seattle last year. Uh, guys, I um, you let him go, and uh, that was a bad idea because uh, next time you play, uh, he's probably going to be starting, and he's probably going to give Tim Metcher some fits because he played ver- a very good game. And he's probably a long-term answer at loose head for anyone. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, there's a lot of discussions about loose head depth for the Eagles. Well, maybe we got a prospect. Uh, so, hell, uh was just what you really needed as a strike runner at fullback uh, for Austin elite at, at key moments. Uh, he scored two needed tries and this, this put Austin ahead in the, in the final minutes of the game uh, when it comes to impact players, uh, Holden Yugger went off and Michael Baska subbed in at nine. He was really impressive for, I think 15 minutes of play. Uh, he scored the final try, which put the gold ahead uh, off a Kevin O'Connor assist. Uh, just, you know, it's New Orleans. They're top of the table. They were gonna, they were gonna do it. it. They they had some defensive lapses. I knew Austin was gonna play better. Uh, just specifically with with how much they've done together as a group to move forward. Uh, interestingly, Simon Korkoul. I don't know if he's been loaned. I have no idea what the deal is here. I just know that he's playing with the Free Jacks, and was on the bench this weekend versus Ulster A. So, there
2: you go. Nice, nice. But, uh, it, so I, I just need to say, it's just beating the dead horse at this point to say that Austin feels to be on the verge of a victory every single week. I get it, but finishing games is something every team has to do if you want to be successful. Uh, especially if you're Austin with a team with as many holes as that they have. You know, you have to find a way to get like to make that extra push in order to get the victory whatever so you know when you're watching it on the field you can beat yourself up asking how the hell Nola came back on this one um, looking at the stats the gold looked uh, you know the uh, the gold got a 82 uh, percent um, gain line over mark 5.4 uh, meters per pass so most of that came in the second half uh, during their comeback which also helped them to a slight edge uh, in possession advantage with 53 percent. So all of that kind of went, uh, went a long way in the eventual victory. They were, they were still in control of this game uh, at least co- at least come the second half and the kind of like you implied, Aaron. We all knew this was going to be a gold victory despite you know the fact that Austin was ahead. <laughs> uh, Nick Feeks continues to uh, you know his, his name continues to blow up in rugby circles. Uh, first it was Tristan Blewett, now it's this guy being talked about uh feeks with 115 meters uh you know on or uh he had 115 meters on less than 10 carries uh you know so which which is which is awesome so i can't even tell you what his uh you know which, what his meters per pass was even but that just goes and it kind of kind of goes to show he you know he did he did a lot with what he was uh, with what he was given uh jp eloff though is the guy that we need to talk about He's a threat on the run. He's a threat from the tee, uh, and he can put his shoulder into every tackle. Uh, you know, against the biggest guys, 154 meters off 11 carries for an average of uh, for an average of 11 meters per carry. So, but
1: are you sure uh, he's a fullback?
2: Uh, he, he's a Mr. Do. He's a Mr. Do everything. Are you sure thing. he's
1: not a seven? Is. I mean, he jackaled and stole a ball at a breakdown, so, uh,
2: you know.
1: Is, is Taysom Hill a
2: quarterback?
1: <laughs> is he? <laughs> Taysom Hill. Man, a Taysom Hill reference. Wow. He's
2: a rugby player, Aaron. That's all that counts. <laughs> so I, I just want to say uh, to whoever that guy was that was uh, kept on asking us, uh, should he put money down on NOLA playoff tickets, uh, definitely do that now, by the way. That's a investment. Well worth making.
0: Oh, got to stop pushing the wrong button, damn it. All right. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, st- get in line, do whatever you got to do, log into your uh, interwebs and get those uh, NOLA tickets coming quick, fast. Hey, do we know where uh, the playoffs are this year? Have that Has that been announced? Uh, so
1: I don't know. Like, I'm waiting for the final word on this. The last word I heard was, Top-seeded team for the final round hosts the game. Um, I know that the semifinals set in stone is top-seeded teams on the table host the third and fourth place teams at home in the semifinals. So the semifinals are not in a super site. They are in separate locations. The final word on the final, I don't know. Uh, but like I said, uh, prepare to go either to, uh, I'm guessing, so right now top-seeded top teams are New York and New Orleans. Plan as though those are your semifinal sites. After that, I, I can't help you. Uh, it will get announced, and it will be done.
2: So here's a question. What do you think about the possibility of moving to eight playoff teams next season?
1: It depends on how many teams are in the league, but I would go to six since there's at least since it would be 50%. I know that on the broadcast, the the commissioner said there were 13 teams in Houston for league meetings. So uh, that would be less than 50%. So I personally, unless the team, the league gets huge next year, and I don't think it's going to get this huge, uh, even if it's 14 teams, I would go six with the top two seeded teams getting a bye in the Mm. first round. Nice. Definitely. uh, You know,
2: definitely would makes sense however I, I feel like putting more teams in the playoffs would it could uh, potentially increase viewership and can uh, increase you know late season interest among more teams and fan bases just to keep the keep the watch count up something well, the, to think about
1: the, the playoffs always uh, you know get more eyeballs in any sport right so if you go 14 teams and then you go eight uh, in the playoffs, yeah, maybe there's two teams with losing records, but, you know, screw it and just get it done. And, you know, there is there is no buy for uh, <laughs> for the top two seeded. There's no reward for those top two seeded teams. But
2: um, maybe a home make- game, that's about it.
0: Yeah, so there you go. So third game of the weekend we saw, well, the last game of the weekend, I guess, was uh, New York- Pretty much uh, laying the smack on Glendale. This was... Yeah, Just this wasn't rack. pretty. Uh, 31-19. Um, I expected this one to be much closer than it was, to be honest. Uh, but Rooney showed up. Uh, they showed a lot of cohesion and a lot of poise, controlling this match pretty much from the get-go. <laughs> so, Liam, tell us what you saw uh, for wh- and what exactly went wrong with Glendale.
2: All right. So, Rooney has their stamp on the league uh this year's newcomers and i would say that has to do that uh you know the other or sorry the other night was probably their signature win of the season so far by which i mean it was a dominating win over a team that nobody would be uh, surprised to see in the playoffs eventually towards the end of the season uh, both both teams looked okay in the stat sheet. Glendale had one thousand two hundred and fifty one total meters for an average of uh, right. for an average meters per pass of six point three. You going to say something, Aaron?
1: You know, Glendale just doing what Glendale does, which is put up a lot of offense. In, e- exactly.
2: Court. Oh, e- Exactly. Uh, you know, so a whole a whole a whole lot of meters didn't doesn't doesn't really count for much. They're kind of a do all team without a lot of results. Um, Rooney was a little bit less in the total, uh, meter count, 798, but they were kind of right there with, with them in the, uh, average meters per pass at six while Glendale was at 6.3. Uh, but if you really want to talk about how Glendale lost this game, uh, 20 total turn turnovers, that's, that's a crazy amount for one single game. Uh, uh they fun. gave a, yeah, they gave away three of their own lineouts. And I'd lost have to, I'd have to
1: look, look, but that might be their highest
2: yeah highest season. of the season, yeah, so like I said, they gave away three of their own lineouts they lost one in the breakdown uh for once they were on the right end though of the penalty tally, but they still conceded seven compared to thirteen from New York uh you know, so they can go lower on that definitely um however you you have to give it up to the amazing playmakers that New York has all over the field, starting with the butcher Dylan Fossett uh you know who is an American? So he's not, he's not, that was more of a Scottish accent, but yeah, he's an American though. He's definitely Irish as well. Uh, he added 78 meters on his night to go, uh, to go along with a try. Uh, but if you want to talk about big numbers, let's talk about Michael St. Clair 148 meters. He wasn't even in the top three of carries. So that's a huge stat uh, that, that he put up. Then you of course have Ross Deacon who topped the team with 10 total carries for 108 meters. Uh, and finally, of course, uh, o- O'Keefe. Is that right? O'Keffy, O'Keefe, O'Keefe. It's O'Keefe.
1: Good. But it, good. it All has, right. it, but it has two F's, F's, which confused me two weeks ago. But it's, yeah. it's it's O'Keefe, two E's and two F's. So I guess a hard F. O'Keefe. O'Keefe. Uh, so I, I uh, I'll have to hit him up and ask him exactly. But it's probably anyway
2: just though. But <laughs> but, uh, but Glendale still has playmakers. Uh, they're making the best use of them. Who knows.
1: Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that in the scrum construction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the other dominating scrum of the weekend, the Rooney Roosters, uh, you know, I was really down on them, especially when they played, uh, New Orleans and San Diego. Cause I thought the form of both Patty Ryan and James Rocheford were really poor, uh, And you know what? I think they figured it out, and they have become two of the dominating props in the league, uh, and they can make people uh, concede penalties. Glendale conceded five scrummaging penalties in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, So let's let's talk about how you build scrum. You want some maulers at loose head and tight head, and then you want... um, uh, not necessarily a big guy, but if you get a big guy to play hooker who is also dynamic, uh, that's that's your hooker uh, faucet. Uh, he, he's not. We only have one. Like okay, let's Joe Tafate is like in a class of his own. There, are like no hookers that size, uh, you know, readily available to replace him. So we have a lot of dynamic guys that are behind him, and the butcher is one of them. And he he really led from up front, New York, uh, but. Let's talk about why Glendale, I guess, sucks at scrummaging right now. Uh, Brendan D- Daly, who's a 4'6 type, you know, uh, a number four lock at, at like 6'4 and a half or can play six or number eight uh, just based on his skill set. But he's a big dude. Uh, from when he first played with the Eagles and got capped, he put on 30 pounds because they told him he needed to get bigger. Nate Brinkley, go eat a sandwich. Uh just telling, you know, these locks that they need to get bigger. Uh, but uh so but he's he's been starting at six, but Monroe, this is where it gets weird. William Monroe is not a four. He he's not a lock. He is a strict like back rower. He can play six, seven, eight. He is not as big as Daly is, he's not as strong. He is very dynamic with the ball in the open hand and in the tackle. And then you've got Luke White, who's a loose head who is playing five, which he's six three. Normally you want someone who's 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, and that takes out a lineout threat uh for the raptors when you're in but you have two short locks problem problem and they you know that scrum got beat up pretty much all night Uh, when it comes to what uh, Luke White can do in the open field as ball carrier, he can smash. He put up, I think it was 78 or 68 meters made Uh, wrong sheet. Let me pull that one up. 85 meters made on 12 carries had two offloads, you know, he and in defense, he had 13, 13 tackles. So when it comes, I think he's, I'm not saying he's being wasted at loose head or at, at at five lock, but he was a really good, really good loose head prop for them last year. And then, you know, then, then they made him a lock. I have no idea what, what the strategy is there. Someone, Dave, call me, we'll talk. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, you know, their scrum is not constructed well. Uh, their props, uh, you know, uh, what was it uh, who the Canadian he went 80 minutes? Noah Barker. Um, hey bro, we're both balding. See you, ratio to the back. Uh, Marco Vepuleae did not start, he was scratched in favor of Kalepi Fafita. I think he just didn't meet fitness uh, that morning. I'm not sure. Maybe he maybe he was scratched uh, on their plane flight, and Kalepi Fafita as a traveling reserve uh, was gonna start. Uh, you know. Oof. Uh, well, I think Kalepi got eaten by uh, James Rochefort in this game. Is what it is. But uh, some some fun stuff. Uh, Hankel had a really good game. 160 meters made on what was it? Uh, 165 meters made. 16 tackles. A breakdown steal. And you know, like, what what more do you want from him? Uh, Brendan Daly. Also had a really good game in defense, 13 tackles. Uh, Dylan Taikato Simpson. Talk about a weekend where fullbacks put up 200 meters. Tom Potty, 215. And Dylan Taikato Simpson put up 200. Uh, he just sliced and diced that uh, New York defense. But at, at the end of the day... Um, like this team could not hold onto the ball Like they were like, it was pitiful. It was, you know, if they passed it, it was, it was dropping to the floor for a knock on or, you know, somebody would screw up possession. Uh, New York overall, uh, has come into form. Like I said, I doubted them, uh, James and James Kennedy and English, um, you know, spirit sports karma. If you send us some stuff, maybe, you know, maybe we'll wear it on the show. You know what I'm saying? Um, but they have a, they've got three good fly halves. Uh, Matina is playing fly half at a pretty high level in place of Cajal Marsh. And Harry Bennett did come on in the second half and played very well. Also, even though we hadn't seen him all season. So, there you
0: go. All right. The uh, last game of the weekend, not officially MLR, but MLR adjacent, was the uh, – Kara Cup match with the Free Jacks facing off against Ulster A. Um, yeah, so we, as predicted, uh, Free Jacks fell to this uh, A side for a Pro 14 team. Um, the final score was 43 to 14. Uh, Liam. Oh, 40, 43 to 15. Thank you. I mistyped that yeah. one uh liam did you have a chance to uh check any of this out and do you have any takeaways i was only able to watch uh just a little bit of it i had
2: some work to do um however conditioning seems to be a really big factor uh new england just kind of fell off towards the end however there was definitely some great plays shout out to my boy diego machiera for uh putting a one uh ulster player on his ass that kind of made the uh the highlights around new england uh, however, these aren't these aren't insane blowouts that a lot of people that were uh, initially predicting before the season, uh, before this Kyra Cup competition really started to get going. So I think the future is looking bright for New England.
1: Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, the Kana game was, I would say, more even scoring for Kana, uh against uh, the Free Jacks, whereas... I would say the Free Jacks played a really good game uh, going into the second half. They were only down a try, and... You know, you know at, at a certain point, talent and conditioning take over and, you know, it becomes a blowout. Well, they'll have another crack
0: at it this weekend. We'll get to that in our uh, preview. So, uh, But first, let's see how bad we did this week on our predictions. So week nine predictions, that's the one that just wrapped up. First one was the Thursday night match, uh, Utah at... Houston, and that one was Houston twenty nine, Utah twenty seven. Liam, you came out the winner on this one. You had uh, Houston by six. Aaron, you ha- had it by Utah by seven, and I had Utah by three. So, so good Liam, job,
1: Liam. Liam is the rugby dumbest because he is the only person that I know in the media, whether like at all, like whether it's the weird seven person panel that USA Rugby does. That us. Um... But, like, anyone I know, like, Houston was – they were they were picked to lose. Uh, and, uh, you know, congrats to Liam for having faith in his team. Hell, yeah. And, and his employer.
2: <laughs> Keep signing those checks, baby. <laughs> Pay my rent. I'm very hungry.
0: Uh, the uh, Saturday game uh, was – Austin at NOLA, and that one finished 35-31 uh, to NOLA. We all had NOLA winning, but uh, definitely none of us thought it was going to be this close. Aaron, you had NOLA by 15. Liam had NOLA by 12, and I had NOLA by 21. Yeah, not much to say about that one. Uh, <laughs> I think we were all surprised. So. India. Uh, Good for us. So- Sunday night was uh, Raptors visiting New York City, Coney Island to be specific. And, uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, you and I both had Rooney
1: by 7. Liam, you had Glendale by 9. So can I retroactively change my Super Bowl pick (laughs) since I had it right here? Is that that allowed?
0: (laughs) No. I don't know. You have to call him up and ask him. Uh, the last picks were for the Ulster A-side versus Free Jacks. Uh, we all picked Ulster, uh, logically. Uh, you, Liam, you had them by 18. Aaron had them by 28, and I had them by 10. So, Aaron, I think you were uh, probably the closest there.
1: Yeah, do you have do you a uh, lot of numbers for me, my friend? Uh, uh, you know, uh, let's take that one offline. I might, uh, might be able to uh, hook you up, you know.
0: Alright, so uh, once, uh, once you guys get that figured out, Aaron, if you want to uh, get your ticket uh, ticket placed and then talk us through the standings.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, Gold Ring continues to hang out up the top and this is where I guess I sort of appreciate bonus points as even though I'm the most unappreciative person when it comes to bonus points, I am a win-loss guy, but this really changes the table and it makes it interesting. Uh, so New Orleans has gotten a lot of bonus points and made them matter. Uh, they have 31 table points there in first place. Uh, New York is in second place. Wow. Like they are doing a lot better than I suspected they would, but they've, like I said, they've they've formed up and done pretty well. Six and one, uh, with 28 table points. Uh, the, the Seawolves just sort of, uh, you know, let other people mess up. They've, uh, They're five and two with twenty five table points, and you know the the Raptors had a chance to uh, you know jump up or and pass them or even tie them, Uh, but they uh, they didn't. And they have twenty three table points in fourth place with a record of three three and two. Uh, San Diego with a record of four two and one. They have twenty two points at fifth, and then. Uh, you've got the Arrows, 3, 4, and 0 with 17 points. Uh, Houston, 2 and 5 with 10 points. Wow, th- this game was huge for them when it came to uh, gaining bonus points. And Utah, just adrift. They did gain a bonus point this weekend, though, uh, with their, their scoring apparatus. Uh, they went from 7 table points to 8. And then, uh, you know... through seven games, Austin only had two table points. In this loss, they doubled their table points. So, hey, it's something, you know?
0: You know, the bonus points are really making a difference this year because when you look at Austin, they've got four points. They've got four bonus points. So literally the only points they have are bonus points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Nola; they're um, in first place with 31 table points. That's seven bonus points. They played seven games; they've got seven bonus points. I,
1: I will point out at the top of the standings, the bo- if you went to a win loss, the bonus point there there is a tiebreaker in there because Nola did defeat New York okay. at home. So yeah, and also you
2: have you have San Diego who has literally won more games than Glendale. But they are just sitting behind Glendale and f- in fifth place, and will miss the playoffs. It, or were, they they would miss the playoffs. If at, they were had uh, yeah, if the season ended today.
0: And I think we just got fact checked there, Aaron. <laughs> Over in the chat, uh, Rooney beat Nola at what? Nola.
1: They did. Ah oh, shit. Well, then, that's, then the tie. Then the, uh, okay, same difference. So drink too. The tiebreaker would be in New York's favor, and they would be at top of the table if we went purely by win loss. Um, yeah. So there
0: go. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. We appreciate the uh, the update on that one.
1: <laughs> this is why there's more than two people involved in this show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have got we're up to week ten. We're moving into double digits, guys. This is further this is longer than any major league rugby season has ever gone. It's like space, the final frontier. <laughs> These is the voyages of Major League Rugby.
2: Hey dude, we, we we've already beaten pro,
1: you
0: know, there's nowhere to go but up from here.
1: Ah <laughs> oh, man
0: uh so we've got one two three three saturday games this week but they are actually separated enough to be able to watch them so that's a that's a bonus
1: well i, For, I watch every single game what are you talking about no.
0: <laughs> without time without uh watching them on delay you're able to watch all these live
1: oh yeah this, this is that's pretty hot i gotta say
0: Aaron's just like
2: a Jedi. He's just floating in a room with TVs all around him, just taking it all in. You know?
0: <laughs> it's like Doctor Strange being able to see all the dimensions simultaneously.
2: It, pretty much. It's just Aaron with rugby. You know, he, he was drunk talking to the genie when he was making his wishes.
0: Uh, <laughs> Didn't score the wish for more wishes thing. No. No. So Saturday, uh, March 30th, 2 p.m. Eastern, we've got Rooney at Austin. Aaron, what do you think? Um,
1: New York by 7, but Eric Collins seems to think that uh, Austin's got a shot. So if you... There was a video of posted by Adrian Thompson in the New Orleans fan group. Uh, so the captain, uh, assuredly, of the NOLA side... It's like, man, you guys you guys kicked our ass today, even though we still won. But uh, I guess if we're going comparative scoring, um, New York by seven.
2: Nice, nice. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, with Rooney by 17. I'm going into the double digits. I think uh, New York is on a roll. They're looking for to secure that spot in the playoffs. And I think Austin is just going to be another stepping stone. Um I'm hoping they get a win at some point this season. This week is not that week.
0: Liam, I'm I'm joining you up there in double digits. I'm going to say Rooney by twenty. I think this uh, this could be a blowout. But you're right. Uh, Austin has been making incremental improvements. I'll
1: tell you what, I'm not doing is picking against New York on Super. Bowl this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good idea.
0: All right, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Saturday. We have oh, um, and I forgot to say that the 2 p.m. game is the game of the week on CBS Sportsnet. Uh, 4 p.m. We have got Toronto Arrows at Utah Warriors. That's on ESPN Plus. And uh, yeah, what you guys
1: got for this one, Aaron? Did, did anyone watch the Warriors game?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm um, just. Uh, I had to edit it.
1: So they, uh, they, they like turnovers and well, they commit turnovers and don't have a dominant scrum. So, um, and Sam Malcolm can kick like from everywhere. So, going, going Toronto in this one, minus seven.
2: I'm going uh, Toronto minus three. Uh, Toronto still has their issues, but I think they're just a little bit more put together offensively than Utah.
0: And I'm going to go a little bigger on this one too and say Toronto by 10. So then the night game, uh, this Saturday is at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's NOLA at Glendale, and that's on, uh, Glendale or Denver's, uh, of NBC affiliate, uh, nine news.com.
1: Uh, Aaron, what do you think on this one? Uh, NOLA double digits. They're, they're I mean, everyone saw what Glendale did in New York, and, uh, New Orleans did play against Utah at altitude. So, yeah, null minus 12.
2: Uh, I'm going Nola minus three. I have a little bit more faith in the fact that Glendale, I I don't even want to call it faith. I just think Glendale's going to do what they normally do. They're going to put up a lot of meters. They're going to put up some points. They're going to put up a lot of wow plays. Mika and Harley are going to do the thing on the outside. But eventually, Nola's just, you know, efficiency in terms of getting, moving the ball and scoring is going to overtake that. And they're going to get this victory. So, uh, yeah, Nola minus three.
0: I'm gonna follow Aaron's example and uh, vote or uh, bet again or bet on Glendale. God, if I could talk, it'd be better. Uh, I'm <laughs> gonna go with boy. Glendale. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say minus five just because it's a home game and I think they've. Uh, Homer, I don't know, I think they've been, Homer, I, Homer, no. I think it's? I think I think they're 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 bound for a win. They're due for one. Or Nola's due for a loss, one of the two. That game was just so close last weekend. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Last one of the weekend is a Sunday night game, 8 p.m. on ESPN Plus. That's San Diego at Seattle. What do you guys think about
1: this one? San Diego minus three. It's it's gonna happen. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do what they did last year. Um, which is wait, no. They're gonna pull the opposite of what they did last year, which is, you know, give up three penalty tries, and they're they're gonna win, but San Diego minus three. Like they are their form is good enough. Um, where Seattle? Their attack still needs work.
2: Uh, I'm gonna to have to go against the Aaron. I'm gonna go Seattle minus five. I think uh, their scrum is really solid. I think that creates opportunities, and I think they can outlast San Diego, especially defensively. Uh, however, uh, I think San Diego has a much better chance of beating this team in the playoffs. So you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to
0: it. But uh, yeah, Seattle minus be a, five.
1: That would be a rematch of last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed.
0: And I'm going to go with uh, Seattle by three because, in spite of some uh, missteps on Seattle's part, I just think it's tough to stuffed tough, to, tough to win at Starfire. So we also do have the uh, Free Jacks the. Cup game. Uh, They're playing Munster A on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Do you guys got predictions for this one?
1: Yeah, uh, going Munster minus 22. Uh, just waiting for that Leinster A game where I'm going to pick Leinster minus 40.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Munster minus 21. Um, I have faith in my boys up there in Boston, uh, but obviously Munster is going to be a little bit better on that end. So, uh, look for people like Eric Thompson, Danny and, uh, Danny Collins. And of course, Diego Machiara to be making an impact for the free Jacks.
0: And I'm going to go ahead and, uh, hope for good things and call it a moral victory with Munster only winning by 12. I'm hoping it's going to be close. We'll see. Oh, thank you there, guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good fellas. Well, uh, I want to take a quick departure from our usual MLR, uh, coverage Aaron, I know you'd pointed out a couple things that you wanted to hit on this week, uh, specifically related to uh, women's rugby, both club level and USA women's. So, uh, starting off, there was a big announcement this week of a major event coming to San Diego. This is the uh, USA women's hosting the what's it Super Series, and this is going to be this is going to be a bunch of the national teams, uh, top top tier national teams coming over here playing in San Diego. So fill us in on what the specifics are, Aaron.
1: So they don't have tiers in the women's game, but if we went by tiers in the women's game, uh, the U.S. would be a tier one nation. But top five teams uh, in the world for women's rugby, so you've got the Black Ferns, uh, England, France, and Canada coming down to San Diego uh, for a couple weeks and playing in, uh, I guess, not the inaugural super series, but a uh, re super series. The last one wasn't in, in summer of 16. And so this is really cool. It's going to be a tough slate, tougher than our November tour where we played England, uh, Ireland, and the Black Ferns. So I think at, at, we're probably targeting uh, – I don't target much, but I guess because I've learned from Gary Gold that he doesn't really target specific matches. He just wants to be consistent. So if we build and we're consistent, uh, I, I would think the best shot to win here is against Canada because England is fully professional. Uh, and New Zealand has professional contracts, so that gives you France and Canada. But France is uh they are another animal. So Canada is probably the one where we have the greatest chance. But uh, it's going to be a great series for uh, in San Diego. Uh, one of the issues here, as far as tests are concerned, we didn't hire a women's coach until spring of eighteen. Uh, after Pete Steinberg retired. So they went almost a year and a half without a coach. Uh, so, uh, you know, Rob Kane's tour, or was it spring of, spring of 18? So not a year and a half, but almost a year uh, without a head coach. So Rob Kane's second tour uh, is going to be a domestic one. Uh, he'll have had a high-performance camp, and a fixture in April against the Women Barbarians, uh, at which is going to be a doubleheader in Glendale. Uh, this will be the first game. Um, the other game is going to be Glendale versus New York. And, um, you know, I hope this gets promoted really well uh, to engage the San Diego rugby community. Uh, the youth girls and women's rugby scene in SoCal is really huge. Uh, uh, just an excuse to go to San Diego. For me, I suppose I will point out that my first Test ever was USA Women versus Canada at Chula Vista. So, this set of fixtures again will be a challenging November. So, let's get after it
2: yeah 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 uh you know one thing i do want to say though is that it's great that something like this is going on in san diego where the legion you know uh they're one of the teams here in uh in mlr that they have a really vibrant you know pretty uh you know pretty active fan base you know and, and events like this will kind of encourage that fan base to stay involved in rugby as a whole which you know in turn will kind of seep out into the community so glad something like this is going on
0: then uh, the other thing we wanted to hit on is the fact that we are on the cusp of another D1 Elite Women's Rugby Championship, and that's coming up April seventh, uh, being held at Stanford University.
1: Um, uh, yeah.
0: Linwood, uh, Lindenwood, sorry, Lin- uh, we fa- Lin- face-
1: Linwood College or whatever the heck is like a online college in in in, uh, in Los Angeles. Okay. Well, they'll be.
0: <laughs> Lindenwood will be playing uh, up against Life, uh, perennial perennial champs. Uh, Life, we'll see. Uh, Lindenwood defeated Central Washington to get here. Uh, that was seventy-five or seventy to zero last weekend. Uh, so that was a pretty good blowout. While Life struggled uh, to struggle to contain uh, Penn State at the end, uh, only winning. to So it sounds like a, I don't know, it's a tough road for life to get here. Uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts going into the championship?
1: Uh, You know, uh, checked out both games. Real big difference uh, in club rugby between the haves and the have-nots. Central Washington used to be a Naira school, but dropped uh, from the varsity to club because the cost of playing teams in the Northeast just wasn't a smart play at the moment for them. Uh, Still a very strong program, though, which is why they're in the D1 Elite semifinal. Uh, They defeated BYU women to get there. Lindenwood, though, I still want to see Lindenwood versus Dartmouth. They're going for the double. Uh, They won the championship last year against Life, so uh, we will see a rematch. Penn State uh, is a lot closer, I would say, to uh, Lindenwood and Life's level of support uh, than Central Washington is, uh, but really Lindenwood and life have, they are very well supported programs compared to a lot as well as their men's programs are very well supported compared to a lot of men's clubs. Uh, but even without the massive resources at life, Penn state is still well coached, uh, you know, by Kate Daly who's a former Eagle and on the current Eagle staff, uh, they went to work. They made it hard. Uh, it was Re- personally I was really looking to see life in midseason format hammering down but uh you know Penn State uh proved to be uh you know a tough uh cookie I guess um and made it difficult so uh when it comes to uh this game in two weeks uh at Stanford which will be broadcast live on USA Rugby TV both free free rugby uh this is you know Outside of the Naira final, uh, probably the best women's collegiate rugby game that you will see this season. Uh, You know, really picking Lindenwood over life to repeat as champions. So there you
0: go. All right. And that pretty much wraps up our coverage, I think, of this week's games. Uh, Yeah. You guys want to do some uh, questions? Maybe questions from Bob? Ah, yeah. So this first one I got to add a disclaimer and just say that uh, I would have been really uh insulted heavily had I not uh watched and loved uh Kingpin uh all those years ago. So if you haven't uh you know one of the top 2 uh bowling movies of all time, just a little below Big Lebowski Kingpin worth checking out. Uh Bobby Digital 24 How did Austin Munson that game? Uh, Dude, they
2: uh, they they just let Nola have their way. uh, When whenever Nola had the ball in hand, they just uh, they couldn't. You know, they they let them get over the gain line
0: way too much. They were able to do a lot with a very little amount of time. Kind of in the same vein, on the other side of that coin, Conky twenty one ninety five. Uh, explain the revival of Austin Elite and how they've managed to turn themselves around. What revival man I've been saying
2: like all along all season that Austin can't finish and that they shoot themselves in the foot uh, that's how they lose that's how they've been losing games and that hasn't changed.
1: I mean you're going to be uh, difficult on them but I'll be honest let, let's let's not put the apple cart before the horse about Houston they still uh, they're, they're still on the struggle bus as well uh you know when it comes to a revival, so <laughs> <laughs> revival of Austin yeah they didn't close it out but I said it earlier in the show all these rugby coaches tell me about how it's a process. I was like, well, if it's not in a book, it's not a process, but uh, you do see the process uh, shifting for Austin. They have consistency of selection along the spine. If you don't know what the the spine is in rugby, look it up. It's very important uh, for how your team plays. Uh, Then they've also sorted their loose head issue, Uh, Lerome White. Um, But uh, when it comes to finishing, I think Bob said you had to learn how to win. Well, to an extent, they do got to learn how to win. And maybe, maybe another Texas team or a team in Utah will help them learn how to win.
0: We'll see what happens. Uh, final question. Uh, this one's off Twitter. T-Roy the Tighthead, a.k.a. at T-X-N-G-8-R, Texan Greater. Thank Troy Kreitz, Texan Gator. Gator. Okay, thank Gator. you. Gator! Uh, I want to know, uh, was this weekend a fluke, or has Houston turned around their gameplay?
1: Uh, they've got one of the toughest schedules in the league left. Like, they're, uh, I would say their easy games, Austin and Utah, are the last two weeks of the season.
2: Yeah, that's that. That's really gonna suck. Um, Houston, start, like uh, the SaberCats are starting to put it together. Um, I, I think it's been a little bit awkward to start the season off in terms of getting this new system, especially Coach Neil Kelly's defensive system, worked in and kind of getting adapted to it. Um, so they're they're putting it together. I just it, it's not going to be a you know run the table kind of situation. Putting it together.
0: All right. That's it. Holy cow! It's almost an hour. Almost an hour long.
1: We it. did it, fellas. Oh, wow. Uh, any final thoughts on our way out tonight? Um, oh, I need to do my taxes.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm getting money back. That's going to be good.
0: That was uh, my Sunday afternoon. Boy, I'll tell you, what a way to spend an afternoon doing taxes. Adult
2: stuff. Adulting Adult stocks. I'm just gonna make dad noises in a chair.
0: <laughs> Push my glasses up my nose. Just my seat. <laughs> How about you, Liam? Any final thoughts tonight?
2: Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna be able to watch rugby. uh all all this weekend, this coming weekend. So that's gonna be good because the Saber Cats are off. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, plus I'm getting my taxes back. Uh so.
0: <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that does it for us. On our way out, please note that all opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or practices of Major League Rugby teams or the league. Aaron Castro is employed by Major League Rugby. Liam Madigan-Fried is employed by the West Houston Lions and Houston Sabercats. Be sure to tune in next week uh, that would be seven days from now. We'll be live again on YouTube each and every Monday night, and available on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday morning. Uh, if you like what we do, please subscribe to our YouTube and iTunes feeds. It helps folks find us, and be sure to share your own news, views, and abuse with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or via email at earfuladirt@gmail.com. At Thank you guys so much for listening. It's always a pleasure we will catch you next week and until then go out and watch some rugby thank you for listening to earful of dirt the major league rugby podcast we're live each monday night on youtube available for download every wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider and always online at earfulofdirt.com subscribe to our channel on youtube and like us on facebook twitter and instagram You can share your thoughts with us via our voicemail by calling 720-600-2679. We're live again next Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then.